you know, if I was living in Squamish, it might be easier to do a nine to five where after 5 p.m. I can walk outside and, and be on the doorstep yeah. of, of something I want to be doing. Um, don't have to worry about a long commute and that sort of thing. Today, we sit down with Ben Todd and talk about the comparison between his experiences in shift work and a position with a more traditional work schedule. We discuss the fine line between work and play and the potential to one day merge the two. My name is Alex McLean and welcome to the 41st Hour. Alright, well, thanks for swinging by, Ben. I know you got a busy week because you're leaving tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, 24 hours, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. you're supposed to come on Sunday, yeah. and then uh, basically like right after my routine came on, and you got stuck at work late. Yeah. Figuratively yeah. and literally. Where was I? It was only three hours. Three only hours three hours of overtime, time. Yeah. but three hours of a 12-hour shift, so... Yeah, oh yeah, 15-hour day. Yeah. You <laughs> <laughs> say like it's a casual extra three hours. Yeah. Yeah. The way I kind of view it in a casual position now is like... I work a 15 hour day and then get another three hours over time then I've got 30 hours in two days and we need to work one more one more day call it a week ah okay so because you're casual so, so you can the silver lines yeah yeah <laughs> of the overtime I guess yeah. yeah so I want to talk a little bit about what you do for work just for people who don't yeah. sure um yeah I work uh as a paramedic here in Halifax um I work on the um ambulance uh part-time and i we have some unique positions here uh for paramedics uh, so i i also get to work in a uh in an emergency department and i do that casually and then i uh works with some in uh in some private medical uh work doing uh event coverage um i've been able to pick up some work with the, the swabbing uh various various things to to keep it interesting and use the skills in different ways. Um, and uh, I also have an undergrad in kinesiology, so I do, uh, I work in a physio clinic uh, occasionally as well. Um, Is that part-time as well? I knew you, because you're not doing that anymore, are you? No, no, I, I kind of did that full-time. Uh, I've kind of been um, thinking of the direction I want to take things medically and, and kind of have been looking into physio and that sort of thing. and. Uh, I got work as a kid to, um, to kind of get a window into that Just realm. Just test the waters. First time kind of actually working a 9-to-5 job, which is a weird feeling oh, as okay. well. okay. I want to dive into that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, um, but yeah, since uh, kind of finishing that up, I've, uh, with some other coursework coming up uh, and some traveling and, and uh, just... Um, Kind of the balance of the nine to five or shift work, I've kind of opted more towards uh, pursuing some of the the medical side of things um, as opposed to the rehab side of things. Okay, so yeah, I didn't realize you did the uh, like event coverage um, medical stuff as well. Mm -hmm. That sounds like you can also pick and choose when you want to take shifts and not. Uh, yeah, it kind of depends on um, one thing that's nice about being in a casual position is uh, to some extent uh, being able to choose your schedule which has pros and cons um, the uh, events don't come up all the time so 
I'm able to be available for more of those, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also means I have to kind of make my schedule on a week by week basis, which can be more draining than yeah, just knowing you show up. Monday. Than just like knowing I'm here these days and yeah. don't have to think about it. Yeah, these days, these hours. Um, <laughs> so initially for climbing, I was like, oh yeah, like I can just work on the rainy days and I'll just like um, climb on the sunny days. Yeah, yeah. but it, <laughs> but then there's a lot more factors like. Um, will I actually have the opportunity to work? Uh, is it actually going to rain? Um, what or is everyone else's schedule? Because I need a partner and mm-hmm. uh, someone to climb with. And uh, how does the rest of my training fall? And then I'm constantly adjusting. Like, okay, you know, I'm going to finger train here. I'm going to do my full body workouts here. And but I'm working a night shift, and I just got a bunch of overtime. So now I don't have the energy to go do that. Yeah, so yeah. then you're constantly kind of adjusting. Uh, so Martin probably doesn't like the the amount of adjustments to make on the Google Calendar, <laughs> but is that how you keep track things? Google Calendar, just to yeah. like know when you're yeah, yeah. Cause you throw everything in there, like your training and your work, oh, yeah. and yeah, it's all color coded. And maybe that's just I just need to have some structure mm-hmm. that way, um, and also uh, you know let Martin know where I am half the time because I guess I then, work yeah. at the other the other part of working casually is instead of having one base that I work at or one station, um, I work all over the province essentially. Oh, so. still, I thought you were just in HRM. Mostly in the HRM. Okay. But if I, if I pick up, uh, shifts in the hospital, I work in a, a Northern rural center. So that's a couple hours away. Um, and I'll go there for a couple days at a time. Uh, and sometimes I take shifts, you know, on the, on the Western shore, or, uh, or South shore or in the Valley or, or somewhere else just to um, switch it up and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. You used to be positioned in Cape Breton, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was like more, f- you were always up there. Yeah. When So we have a provincial uh, ambulance system here. So um, that uh, works really well for clinical integration. Um, it also means that um, when you get hired, you can... Uh, kind of be stationed in any any area of the province so I worked in Cape Breton um, and it also means I was able to get a transfer to the city six months later so because you're in the system right yeah yeah okay as opposed to having to apply to a new um, region or something like you would have to in, in Ontario so um, and that way uh, it's very fluid but it also meant I, I spent six months in <laughs> Inverness uh, and uh, Marguerite and Bedeck. And yeah. Were you there in the summer or in the winter, though? I started in November. So oh, okay. Six, <laughs> six months of, of winter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but I got to uh, kind of explore and, and I've done the Cabot Trail at least mm-hmm. like 40 times or something. Jeez. So. <laughs> <laughs> By choice, right? <laughs> it's like, I gotta go see that again. Yeah. 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 A lot of coverage too, a lot of driving out there. Mm-hmm. So you're, um, a, you know, uh, a lot of systems work on some level of uh, um, a model to maintain coverage when, when different calls go out. So you, uh, and there's only so many resources available. So once something happens, one area, uh, resources adjust to maintain coverage. Okay. So you end up driving. Uh, back and forth along certain highways and stuff to, to keep yeah. trucks available and that sort of things. So probably like, I'm from Cape Breton and 
I'm saying if you drove from like Miko to Paradoxford, you're looking at at least four hours. I don't know what you're. Oh yeah. Usually yeah. you don't, hopefully you don't make it that far. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, so I would, um, because when we moved here, we moved to Halifax. I had a second rental in Port Hawkesbury, but I worked in Inverness, but, um, at least in my position, uh, casually, I was also working in, uh, you know, Bedeck, Marguerite, mm-hmm. um, a bunch of the bases in and around that area. So, um, you kind of get scheduled for a bunch of different ones. Uh, and then, uh, you kind of drive to them depending on their start time and then um, you know with coverage uh, you might go kind of a, a two-hour radius uh, depending on where you need to be but I would say generally you stay within your on like a day-to-day basis you generally stay within Cape Breton uh, okay because you do have to get back to your your base. start point yeah okay eventually <laughs> yeah yeah and was that before you got into climbing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've I've wanted to kind of climb for a long time, but it, it kind of felt like a high barrier to entry um, in Ontario for some reason. And then at some point, maybe it's when I got more established in my career and uh, was paying down um, debt and kind of just had the mental space to think about my own hobbies more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and wasn't, you know, studying every day because I wasn't new anymore and, yeah, and yeah. kind of felt like I had a grasp on my job. Uh, I had kind of the freedom to to start climbing more regularly. And for me, coming from a, uh, I used to be a, a bodybuilder and a powerlifter, so I was already training, you know, five days a week mm. um, and very regimented and um, uh, kind of on that schedule. So able to uh, kind of just transition that to to climbing just training. climbing and, specific, yeah. Yeah, and recognizing I could go to the gym on my own. I didn't need a partner to go bouldering. Um, and then some of those events, like we used to have a program called Thursday Night Bouldering and uh, kind of similar to like meetups and that sort of thing, was, enabled me to kind of meet some people in the, the community. community and develop that. And Halifax, I found, is a very strong uh, climbing community, which was kind of unexpected. Yeah. coming from <laughs> Ontario. Um, but uh, yeah, maybe that's because it's all centralized to Halifax for the most part uh, that you will run into everyone because everyone's everyone in Halifax. Knows. Yeah, <laughs> just like um, a feedback loop. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that made it a lot easier. And then um, I love training. I love my backgrounds in kin. I love learning about how the body works, how you can ma- manipulate things to, to increase strength and... Um, body composition changes and nutrition and all those things so mm-hmm. it felt very natural to to switch training to be specific to climbing um yeah yeah before diving too much into climbing and leaving kind of the cape breton period sure um were you still training powerlifting and bodybuilding while you were in cape breton yeah, yeah yeah so so how did you manage that because it sounds like you were driving from Oxford to Inverness which is like an hour ish yeah then so. driving in the ambulance from Inverness to wherever yeah. Doing whatever, like 10, 12 hour days, drive yeah. back to Inverness, back to Port Oxbury. And now yeah. your days off, I'm assuming you came back to the city? Yeah. Yeah. So I uh, got a Y, there's a YMCA in Port Oxbury. So at that time, I was just doing general training, anyways. Okay. Um, so I was able to, um, and working nights helps with that. And uh, there's usually more. Uh, available night shifts as a casual um 
So uh, I would work a lot of nights and then train during the day um, and then yeah, this is try and block <laughs> it so that I could come back to Halifax for at least a couple of days and then uh, use the Dalplex or the YMCA mm-hmm. here. Okay. Um, but again, I wasn't, I didn't really have any like hobbies at that time. You know, I've always kind of been into camping and hiking stuff and in between nights if I was up in Shetty Camp for a couple days or something I would go find hikes and stuff yeah. in that area but um, I uh, it didn't need to be as as kind of frequent or structured because um, I didn't really I wasn't doing a whole lot of other hobbies and I was working yeah. a lot so and did you know you were kind of leaving the bodybuilding scene oh yeah yeah so <laughs> probably not having goals played yeah. into having like lesser training i would imagine if yeah you knew you were on your way I was, out you just yeah, I, was, I was kind of in a in a maintenance phase of like not feeling super motivated to because uh, my like my joints were just hurting um you know i'm just training all the time like squatting three times a week like, yeah um just a lot of work for no i didn't really have like a clear end goal with that anymore mm-hmm. um as opposed to like knowing i was competing and knowing i was trying to hit certain numbers um and not really having a community in port hawksbury yeah. i was kind of like <laughs> even in halifax um uh for the weightlifting specifically i um most of my community was like back at brock and university and like anytime fitness and some of the other places i was uh, personal training and had um, kind of a group of, of people to kind of support that process so okay yeah and did you find like you just mentioned there's a bit of a lack of motivation because there weren't specific goals but how do you get motive motivated after a 12-hour shift so my most impressive example of you is yeah. you were working a climb sleepwalking which yeah. I think is 12b which yeah, yeah for people who don't know is a pretty pretty stiff grade and you, you finally climbed it between night shifts, which I think is just like mind blowing <laughs> to yeah. come off a, a night shift, go climbing, I think climb well, and then just go back to a night shift. I think when I'm, I'm pretty, um, and this has like maybe pros and cons, but I'm pretty like, um, driven and, and tunnel visioned in, in one passion at a time, okay. I guess. So I kind of put all that energy I was putting into uh, the bodybuilding directly into climbing and um, have kind of been able to um, stay really uh, driven and motivated on um, climbing progression and uh, in all the aspects and just kind of diving into learning as much as I can that way. So um, when I was working on sleepwalking, that was I was working out in Muscadabit at the time and uh, I was in a night shift term, so I was able to to kind of climb during the days in Muscadabit. So it, it kind of lent itself really well to, to getting a lot of uh, volume in, and it felt pretty easy for me to do that uh, just because I was so um, excited to be kind of uh, in that space with climbing. Do you think the excitement provided the energy, or how did you...? Uh, caffeine provided the yeah. energy. Um, <laughs> Yeah. For those who don't know, Ben just asked for a coffee, and unfortunately, I don't have any, so I fed him a, a caffeinate, a cold brew coffee goo. And yeah, hitting yeah. the spot. Um, um, yeah, I've uh, 
I don't know. I'm a. Um, I've never really had a had a problem with kind of willpower and uh, dedication to kind of one one passion. I'm maybe it's um, uh, I don't know if it's a maybe a uh, part of my character or if it's been fostered by my job or a mix of both. But mm-hmm. I'm I'm just very rational and I think in terms of kind of what needs to be done and just, you know, objective. And I can kind of shut out all the other things. And in terms of climbing, um, you know, I, I like to kind of analyze my performance, analyze all the variables and just um, kind of zone in on uh, what do I need to be doing to get better? How can I foster that? Um, and how can I do that in the most optimal way possible? Mm-hmm. Which is maybe a little bit robotic and and for some people takes the fun out of it but it's something i'm the terminator (laughs) i get very stoked on just dialing things in and flow and just like Mm -hmm. um being really dialed in with things yeah so yeah you just mentioned you don't know if that's part of you or part of the job that fostered it but it seems like I don't know much about healthcare, like I'm an engineer, yeah, yeah. but it seems like as a paramedic, you show up to a scene and you really have to analyze and assess everything that's going on before you kind of come to that solution. Um, is that right in saying so? Or? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's uh, a lot of, um, you know, critical thinking. Uh, you're kind of, you have a partner, but you're you're kind of independent in terms of, it's, it's kind of just you two uh, kind of leading any other uh, personnel that are on scene to to help you if you have other first responders or um, whatever that may be, but um, you know you definitely need to uh, be able to kind of remain calm, uh, be adaptable, work well in a team with all these other resources when there's in kind of maybe a uncontrollable uncontrollable or chaotic environment, um, and uh, remain objective to. Kind of whatever's going on and treat everyone um you know uh, universally and uh, and with the best care possible so it's kind of uh putting emotions aside and and just um being rational and uh being able to uh treat what's going on and also kind of uh you know anticipate uh what may happen as well so mm. So it seems like, at least from my perspective, there's more crossover between paramedics and climbing than I had initially thought. But yeah, you're yeah. you're gonna go take a course which kind of directly blends the two. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think one thing I really like um, about climbing, especially with lead climbing and and trad climbing, is the mental stimulation. Uh, you know, the risk assessment, um, and part of the reason I also like uh, rock climbing guiding and that sort of thing is. Um, kind of uh, knowing your capabilities, um, being able to assess the situation, being able to remain calm, being able to kind of go through those variables and uh, being kind of reliant on yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but this course uh, that I'm doing is, um, uh, it's a diploma in mountain medicine. I uh, kind of, for a long time, I've, I guess I've romanticized the idea of some search and rescue paramedic role uh, and before I even started climbing, it was very much like, um, you know, I want to be, uh, I love the, the critical thinking and mental stimulation of, of paramedics. I want to bring that into some austere environment. Mm-hmm. 
to, to be able to do the cool things, you know, and I, <laughs> um, uh, I kind of realized that there's other than, you know, star techs in the military, there's not a lot of jobs that really do that. Um, especially out here. <laughs> yeah. Especially in yeah <laughs> relatively flat areas. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure if there, how much work there actually is in that space within Canada. Um, but, um, I'm also becoming, I'm understanding that, uh, you know, to do either side well, uh, sometimes they need to be separate. Um, and, uh, I can actually get a lot of, a lot of the things I want with my own recreational climbing anyways, mm -hmm. um, and through guide training and, and some of the other avenues I'm working on. So, um, uh, yeah, whether there's actually work, uh, directly related out of it or not, um, this course kind of blends, uh, the environmental physiology and disease pathologies within, uh, the different environments, uh, and how chronic conditions are affected by different environments. And then also teaches the technical rescue aspects in, in various types of terrain. So kind of blends things, um, well and uh i'm hoping to kind of see what doors opens and what i can manifest out of it but yeah what do you expect are there any doors that you expect this course will open or are you just kind of going in and you think it'll be valuable to have in general and see where it takes you um i can imagine uh some level of uh expedition leading for um people with uh more complex medical conditions mm -hmm. um that uh, maybe uh, can't or don't feel comfortable going out with a regular uh, uh, mountain guide that maybe doesn't have the um, you know medical knowledge in that area. Yeah. Um, I could also see it leading to uh, just a couple different avenues for research. Uh, you know, following that in um, in that area. Um, but uh, but otherwise, it's kind of just something I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. um, even if it doesn't lead to a job, it's something I want to do anyway. Yeah. And uh, I'm kind of concurrently working on my, towards my rock guide certification and uh, um, hopefully some volunteer search and rescue and other medical roles uh, anyway. So mm -hmm. it's kind of just building that resume to, yeah. to have ready for if something comes up. Yeah. You mentioned research. Uh, what would that look like? Like, are you considering um, research in the outdoor industry or? Uh, I'm not sure. Um, there's a couple of pathways for uh, research with this uh, diploma after to kind of turn into a master's to do um, what I can imagine would be something uh, like how um, some environmental factor affects a certain medical condition or something. Okay. Um, whether I actually want to do research or not. Uh, I'm not sure yet, just kind of keeping that door open. If there's something I get super psyched on, then it could be a um, an interesting avenue to kind of complement the clinical side of things. Um, and uh, it could be interesting to see how, uh, I'm sure there's, there's avenues to, to research to affect pre-hospital medicine and um, some of my current practices that could be adapted with with more in the future so um yeah something uh i'm leaving open for now yeah okay so this course is in colorado 
and you're gonna do a stop in on your way out west yes uh, yeah what uh this might be a bit of a chicken and egg scenario but what came first like the course or this plan i know you guys you and martin um for people who don't know are, are a couple uh, romantic couple not just climbing couple <laughs> but yeah. uh yeah you guys bought a van in february i think yeah so this sounds like this plan has been brewing for a while yeah we've we've talked about the van for a couple of years um we've talked about moving out west for a couple of years uh it's kind of just been something i've always wanted to do but we we hadn't actually or, or martin hadn't been out west um until we went to Squamish last October, um, oh, yeah. okay. and she absolutely loved it and is definitely on board yeah. and some, something she wants to do. Um, but uh, it's it's kind of more been more of an idea of you know at some point in the future mm-hmm. um, before we decide to settle down and that sort of thing. And I think getting into this course and and having that be halfway across the country just kind of sorry um, expedited the the process a little bit mm-hmm. um, and uh, and then I ended up uh, uh, lining up some some work out there that came a little sooner than I expected <laughs> so <laughs> that kind of expedited it even further um, but uh, we're kind of viewing it as like a one-year trial to to see what it's like living in the mountains um, and at the very least it'll be a, a really cool trip to to rock climb in a one of the best places yeah definitely in canada yeah, so. somewhat jealous but. yeah <laughs> um you mentioned you guys have always thought about going out west was that even before you guys came out east like while you guys were in ontario or once you got out here you kind of saw this coast and thought you might want to see the west coast as well um i and what drew you to the east coast initially i'm curious to hear about that oh uh, yeah um i guess i had been to the west coast after high school, I did a bike trip out that way and was oh, yeah. um, very in love with the mountains. Uh, but kind of, um, and at, at that time, I was interested in the, you know, the rescue side of things. But didn't it was so far removed from something I thought I'd be able to do that mm-hmm. I didn't even think about it, you know. And it wasn't until we started climbing that I was like, oh, you know, I could actually do this, and I have the skills to live in that area and do those things that I have kind of been thinking about or have been in the back of my mind um but uh i was also a lot i was more focused on building my career in ontario uh, and it's it's quite competitive in ontario in my line of work so um once i got a job i was kind of like i got the golden ticket you know i'm uh making a very good wage i this was uh you know, super competitive and I just need to kind of put in the work to, to get full time and, and kind of on that track. Mm-hmm. And when Martine um, did her, she actually did her master's out at Dell and it's kind of what brought us out here. Um, uh, okay, I, didn't, I thought she'd done it in Ontario. No, yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. yeah. She, uh, she applied to a couple different places, um, but um, uh, Dal, uh, she got acceptance at Dal and has always wanted to love the idea of living on the ocean and uh so we thought why not you know mm-hmm. other than my work which is quite transferable um there's there was no reason not to come out and i'm very glad we did because that kind of introduced us to climbing and 
and surfing, uh, which we're both into. And um, for me, it's been a good change in clinical practice because there's some provincial differences that I think has made me a better provider that way. Okay. Right. Do you anticipate any provincial differences going to BC or any yeah. obstacles you have to surmount? Um, the level of registration is the same and there's some differences within the scope of practice that are relatively minor for the most part. Um, we have kind of national uh, occup occupational uh, competency profiles here in Canada so it's it's not there's not that much variation okay um, but the in terms of those small differences it's not really something I uh, worry about and maybe that's just being more um, experienced now uh, when I first moved out here I was I was worried about learning all these big changes and stuff and um, with uh, more experience is not something that that worries me at all and it's more um, more or less a, a very similar um, job and similar way of thinking and uh, um, it doesn't kind of make or break your your job that Decision, way I guess. yeah okay yeah. Um, so you said you've been out west before on a bike trip which I also wanted to talk about what inspired like was biking one of those things where it was like biking then bodybuilding and now climbing or you just randomly decide you're uh, well, going to go on this trip. Martina and I are both um, camp folk. We we both went to camp for quite a few years, and being um, kind of outdoorsy that way has always been kind of ingrained. So um, the the biking trip is just something that really. I had a buddy from back home that actually uh, initially talked about wanting to do it and got me on board, and then. Um, when we actually, when I started thinking about it more after after uh, high school, uh, the timeline didn't work out for him just because I ended up taking some extra time uh, for some of the courses and and extra work uh, to be able to fund it. Um, so I ended up going um, uh, more or less on on my own. Uh, I had a couple other people join me at different ways, mm -hmm. um, but uh, it was just. I guess in the sim in a similar vein of uh, you know this seems cool, I'm just gonna do it and dedicate all my time and resources to <laughs> developing this. Um, I like it. Yeah, I guess um, you know maybe not the best uh, financial move, but I've always kind of just pursued things that I have thought to be interesting and then aggressively uh, pursued every every element of them, uh, which. And just kind of dive, dive right in, um, which makes it hard to do anything else because I'm I'm just so focused on that yeah. one thing. Uh, so at that time for me it was uh, bike packing uh, or or bike touring, and uh, um, I kind of generally planned to go along the Trans Canada Highway, okay. um, but uh, you can't really plan too far in advance with, with that sort of thing. So. I had I had probably about 100 pounds on the bike or so, uh, oh, four nice panniers, um, one on either side of the front and back tires, and then uh, a couple other packs as, as well, um, fully self-supported. Um, I think I ended up doing a little over 4,500 kilometers or so. Holy smokes! Uh, in a month I and a half. <laughs> yeah, I lost like 25 pounds. Holy shit! Um, ended up being from Barrie to Vancouver. 
uh, I was able to get the YMCA on board where I was working at the time and um, uh, support, gain support for for uh, uh, one of their youth programs and that sort of thing. Okay. Um, so is that kind of a sponsorship or you stopped to speak to kids at schools along your way or how did that work? Uh, more of a, a sponsorship and um, um, I did stop at a few of the YMCA's but also had kind of a donation page and, okay. um, and was concurrently raising some money for um, uh, CNIB because I, I have a, a nephew who's blind as well. So mm-hmm. um, a, couple of the, a couple of things that went into it, um, but it, it definitely started as uh, just something that I, I got obsessed about and then <laughs> grew out of that. Um, but uh, yeah. With that habit of getting obsessed with something and then growing out of it, do you think climbing is the final stop or do you think you'll transition to something else and I don't know, like ultra running or something. Or... Um, I don't like running long distances. <laughs> well, I, so. I just pulled that out of, out of the hat. <laughs> I actually used to do cross country in high school, so. Okay, it's not over. But that was, that was more of like a, like a, you know, I'm not the fastest person, but I can mentally at work. Yeah. Uh, so I'll just run the longest, <laughs> you know, and suffer. Yeah. Um, That's the longest race you have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, uh, so far, I, I don't think so. Uh, it's possible, mm-hmm. but I really like that climbing kind of has the full package of all the things um, that I enjoy about uh, sport. With um, it can be very physical, um, you know, with bouldering and really overhanging routes. Uh, there's a huge mental aspect with climbing above bolts and. Uh, um, and trad climbing and uh, trusting yourself. I love the individual aspect. You know, it's all on you. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, you know, needing to be very specific with, uh, you know, finger strength and um, really thinking about your movement and just so multifactorial and functional that I can't imagine anything else. Um, get you that in the same way. You know? um, one thing I thought I would really like, and I do like, um, <laughs> is like mountain biking and like whitewater kayaking and I do I do like those activities but they're more of and maybe the you know I view them more as hobbies because I'm so focused on progression with climbing but it does sound like climbing might potentially work into more than just a hobby yeah yeah and some level of integration to my work to whatever balance I can strike but um the uh I guess with um mountain biking and whitewater kayaking you're you're kind of you know choosing a line and then uh taking that there's a lot of adrenaline within that uh, Mm -hmm. because it's very fast paced and in in that moment whereas climbing is kind of uh being very in control of those emotions yeah um, which i absolutely love is is you should really never be in that place or else you've probably (laughs) done something wrong wrong, you know so um and that's what i like with with my work as well in acute care is um it's kind of addictive because it's um you know you have to be able to control uh those emotions i guess yeah that's interesting the comparison between biking and rafting versus climbing of you still have to be focused and dialed but your your emotions are two different extremes like you said when you're climbing you're kind of slow controlled but at least downhill mountain biking right um you're pretty like in the moment and the adrenaline's flowing. I imagine my right. water rafting is kind of the same. Yeah. Um, I haven't done it, but yeah. 
um, how do you, obviously it seems like climbing is a priority, but how do you balance and choose between all these? Or is it kind of like 80% climbing, 5% biking, 5%? <laughs> um, between activities or work or both? Uh, let's start with activities, but yeah, I want to touch um, on all. I guess uh, the, I, I used to, when I started surfing, um, and to, to some extent with mountain biking, um, and certainly with, with climbing, it was very much like, uh, okay, how can I make the training optimal and, you know, make sure I'm seeing progression in all of these things and like laid out like spreadsheets for, mm-hmm. you know, what day of the week for every single activity. I love this. And, <laughs> and uh, at some point I just um, realized that um, the other two activities were taking away from climbing um, mm. and climbing became the progression within climbing became more important and I was able to really dial in on that and then just view all these other hobbies just as they are as you know hobbies that I'll, I'll continue to do and if I get better that's great but it's not um kind of like you'll do them if you get an invite but you're not initiating them kind of thing uh, I might even initiate them if it's on a rest day um, okay, yeah. <laughs> but, or it's raining or something <laughs> yeah. um but it's I don't really care to actively progress like mm-hmm. I'm I'm good enough and maybe that was kind of getting over the beginner's hump. Like I'm good enough to stand and do some carving on small waves, uh, surfing, and um, you know I can I can roll a boat and I can do some low-level rapids and I can do I can do some single track as long as it's it's not insane features and that yeah. sort of thing. <laughs> um, and so once I kind of got over those beginner humps, it was like I can enjoy this without needing to commit too much more time. To right. That. Yeah. Um, and I kind of view them more as, uh, you know, an active rest day or just a social outing. Um, yeah. Then, then like then the where itself. I'm putting my energy to, yeah. Okay. Uh, progress myself, I guess. So yeah, your, your climbing is like, you'd rather be 90% good at climbing and like 60% yeah. good at yeah. the other things. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so do you think you get up to any surfing when you're you're out west? Or? Do you know where you'll be? Will you be inland or on the coast or it's up in the air? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> I should find out at the end of this month. Um, if I'm, uh, I've applied to a couple different areas. So uh, if I'm inland, uh, closer to Canmore, or if I'm, um, you know, in and around Squamish area, and I've also kind of applied to the Penticton area. So um, as far as I understand the the BC system for um, the ambulance service has uh, numerous stations and you apply to, to different stations and kind of work within that area. Um, and if you want to work somewhere else, you need to get a transfer. So um, I've kind of applied to climbing centers <laughs> um, and can hopefully strike a balance that way. Um, but uh, we've also discussed surfing where that's something that we want to be able to do and Martine certainly wants to have access to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if we end up closer to Canmore then, or closer to the, the BC Alberta border, then, you know, it might be river surfing for a while. <laughs> um, and if it's closer to Squamish, then we'll, uh, do trips over to, to Fino or down to Seattle. Yeah. Um, it sounds like 
it's going to be like a few hour drive, like go for a weekend kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and not just after work. Yeah, yeah. the cargo van kind of makes things easier. Um, just pack it wherever. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is the BC system similar to here where once you're into the system, you can easily transfer? Like, I believe so. You're like, if you get into Squamish, obviously Squamish is kind of like the top of your list for climbing. Um, but do you foresee transferring to, say, somewhere closer to Canmore so you can check out the Rockies? Or how you guys are going to get settled and, and stay? And then Right. Um, I mean, maybe you don't know. You're still right here in Halifax. Yeah. As far as I understand, uh, and this may be totally, totally wrong, and I'll figure it out once I get there, but um, it's a similar provincial system there. So... Uh, once you work in one place, you can internally transfer to different places. Okay. Um, I don't know how easy that is, and I'm sure it depends on availability. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, thinking of that, I owe you a contact because I met a guy, a oh. paramedic out there. Oh, okay. When I was, I'm gonna write that down. Okay, sure. <laughs> um, I might clear things up. <laughs> yeah, I'll put you in touch with him. But, uh, sorry, yeah, you were talking about transferring and... Yeah, I mean, that's kind of as much as I I know. Um, but I can imagine we're kind of going with, you know, we'll uh, start out there. Um, you know, we've got, it comes back to, you know, we've kind of got the van. So, well, <laughs> if uh, uh, we can kind of figure it out and if we need to... Um, manipulate things then we can always spend a spend a couple weeks in the van or whatever it is Mm -hmm. to to figure out where we need to be and that sort of thing so is the van going to be a commuter too and your for the first couple months um we're just taking one vehicle out and then we'll uh leave the other in ontario or both our families are in ontario Mm -hmm. so we'll uh we'll bring it if if we think we need it depending on if we live in a condo and how much parking spots we have yeah it's uh housing well, housing's hard to find anywhere, but especially uh, on the West Coast. Yeah. So, not yeah. sure. Not sure yet. <laughs> yeah. But um, one thing I wanted to ask you was, the West Coast is kind of a, a vacation destination for outdoor recreational right. activities. You guys are going there to live there. So, what's your what are your vacations going to look like now that your your day-to-day is such a an outdoor yeah. area? Honestly, um, when I can... Uh, you know, I certainly feel work if I am, if I end up getting a lot of overtime and, uh, or have a long week or something. But one thing I really like about shift work is I can get a full week's work done in three days, um, Mm. which gives me four days every single week. And if I go, if I do, you know, three days, uh, at the start of one week and three days at the end of the next week, that's, you know, eight days off in a row if I want. So, um, I honestly, uh, don't maybe feel like I need to take uh, vacations as much mm-hmm. and um, one thing we've we've kind of talked about is you know being in a in a world-class climbing area like um, the Rockies and, and Squamish and those areas um, you know that balance is actually really good um, to, to kind of schedule you know training on days I'm working and then climbing when I have those full days off mm-hmm. and I it's um, I guess there's you know pros and cons to the different um, schedules with my various jobs, but uh, when I can block the time uh, to only work 
you know, three days a week and have that time off, it's, um, it feels like certainly more than enough to, uh, be able to, to get that volume on the rock that I want, uh, and be able to schedule that training and still do other activities. And if I really feel like I need to, you know, go somewhere else, then I can just schedule my days accordingly to, to have that bigger chunk of time yeah. off, uh, which is something I, I guess grass is always greener. I, you know, took for granted a little bit, um, and then started working a nine to five clinic job and felt very strapped for time. And it was just, <laughs> were you working that nine to five on top of casual? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So maybe that was a strap for time. <laughs> um, I certainly reduced my work, my shift work schedule mm-hmm. uh, once I was at the clinic. But, um, and I was there mostly in the winter, so I don't know if it was because it was dark every night. Uh, it does make a difference. Yeah. Like sundown at five. Yeah. So, I mean, objectively, I've thought about this a lot, and objectively, a nine to five schedule should be good for like consistent training. Um, yeah, because you can train every night after work or whatever, and then you've got two full days on the weekends. But um, that doesn't always pan out that way because of <laughs> weather or you're tired or any other number of excuses yeah. and obligations. So life gets in the way. So I find, you know, uh, days I'm working, I'm working. Days I'm off, I'm off. Has been a good kind of split to totally um, disassociate from. Uh, or have those as separate entities, mm-hmm. I guess. Do you have any trouble keeping those as separate? I imagine, in my mind, I haven't ever worked shift work, but in my mind, I see it as being more easier to separate the two because once you're off, like you said, you're off. Whereas right. uh, the nine to five, but I guess shift work, you'd also have email on your phone. Maybe you just don't look at it, but I right. mean, sometimes <laughs> I get emails from people. I've turned my notifications off, so right. it's not dinging outside of work, but... Right. Um, yeah, I get emails that are sent to like 7, 8 p.m. Well, but, uh, one thing that um, I did out of frugality and being a student was I've never had a phone with data. So uh, I actually can't receive uh, any email communications or anything else um, unless I have a Wi-Fi connection anyway. Okay. So if I'm out at the crag or doing something else. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also uh, something that wasn't intentional when I started working, but I found that I like really quite a bit is um at least within um you know my work uh i'm kind of there when i'm there and uh, there's no real obligation to uh to work during unpaid time outside of that i guess you can't really as a paramedic you can't really work no no at home (laughs) and there's there's nothing i would need to do you know Mm -hmm. occasionally there's like trainings and um things but you can usually either do those on shift uh, or, you know, you have to schedule like, uh, continuing education credits or, um, uh, you know, webinars, things you need to be part of occasionally for, for education, uh, or for any operational changes and that sort of thing. But by and large, uh, you know, you're at work when you're at work and, uh, there's nothing really required of you Outside uh, of work. at home. There's no, I don't have to follow up with email with anyone. I don't have to answer the phone uh you know it's kind of um especially if you're in like a you know a regular like four on four off you don't have to even worry about scheduling you know yeah therefore you know know, (laughs) i'm off for four i'm i can do whatever i want and then i will be back for the start of that rotation again yeah okay did you find any difference 
between that separation when you were working the nine to five, do you find it bled more into your day to day life? Uh, yes, because um, although you know the theoretically the same rules held true in my position as a as a kin, I was you know when I wasn't there, um, I didn't really need to follow up. It wasn't kind of my patient caseload. I was working with a physio that was that had their their caseload, and I would was more or less um, in that role um, helping them. So uh, I didn't really have to get to back to patients via email or anything off hours. Uh, every now and then I had to do like an exercise program or something, but um, the uh, it's still uh, the clinic that I worked at kind of, you would have one day like 11 until eight and then the next day seven until two and then kind of flip back and forth. Okay. So. Um, you know, you'd have a late night and early morning, but then uh, an early morning and a late day for the next couple days. Yeah. So um, it's a little different than the typical nine to five. Yeah, um, but it, it does certainly feel like there's less time, and you're you're still kind of thinking about work because you know you have to be back. You know, the Friday, yeah. Um, I find with uh, and I, I find that if I if I end up scheduling myself like you know two days one day off one day on you know two days off I'm like um you know I know I'm gonna have to come in for a night shift I'm gonna have to adjust my sleeping accordingly mm-hmm. and I do think about um those things a little more uh but when I can block it uh you know three on three off or some version of that um after that first day off you're you, I, at least I find it I don't really need to think about work at all whereas when I'm in that more nine to five schedule, it's kind of like, okay, I've got a few hours, but I've got to be back here at 7 a.m. You yeah, know? yeah. And it's just like, it just feels like it just never ends. Yeah. <laughs> because it doesn't, because you only have two days <laughs> off. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's been a big takeaway for me is understanding what I prefer that mm-hmm. way, I guess. Do you think you'd ever go back to a nine to five, even if it's not a standard nine to five, it's more like a switchy schedule like you just described? Uh, potentially, um, I can see the value in, you know, the, the summer when you've got a lot of hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and I usually do use winter anyway as a more of a training period. So, um, you know, depending on how early you get off and how close you are to good climbing or, you know, whatever your insert yeah. <laughs> activity um, or, or hobby, um, I could see like, uh, you know, if I was living in Squamish, it might be easier to do a nine to five where after 5 p.m. I can walk outside and, and be on the doorstep yeah. of, of something I want to be doing. Um, you don't have to worry about a long commute and that sort of thing. Um, and I do think it is nice to, that way to, to be able to do training more regularly. Sometimes it's hard to train after a long 12-hour day. Yeah, um, I'd imagine. <laughs> but it definitely, in terms of being able to take like a vacation or or go somewhere else it's um it's definitely harder to uh align because i have to get five days off which is to get a week off which is far more than two or three days yeah yeah Um, a little more than you used to yeah so maybe uh i guess to sum that up maybe and um i'm open to it uh if i'm kind of I can imagine in an area like Squamish that's condensed, 
with the things I, I want to be doing on my uh, free time nearby, easily accessible, regardless of the time, as opposed to if I if it's something I would have to, you know, make a big commitment for, um, then I think the nine to five would be harder. Yeah. yeah. Assuming you're gonna, well, yeah, I was just gonna say with under the assumption you stick with uh, the the shift where it can it does transition into the rock climbing and the guiding. Are you worried at all that your passions will be too close to your your work life? Um, I mean, I when I was doing the bodybuilding, power lifting, and stuff, I worked as a personal trainer uh, for a few years during my undergrad, and for the first few years they complement each other well because I was so excited about learning about how training works and um, and all of those things that uh, you kind of I was looking those things up anyways and mm. it directly affected my um, you know personal training clients and the knowledge I was able to provide um, and uh, so I never really felt kind of burnt out that way um, by having them maybe too similar. I spent a lot of time in the gym, but I also absolutely love the gym. So I wasn't <laughs> worried about spending like six hours or more a day. Sounds almost like climbing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, eventually, uh, you know, that, that schedule was hard to make a consistent income because I was working solely on commission. Um, mm. and I had a lot of student debt at the time, so it didn't really, uh, uh, and can, and once I didn't have that community as much, it, the you know interest was was less. So um, I guess that was uh, what am I thinking here? Um, yeah, in terms of being able to stay passionate about both things. I think there is a line of doing too much and I can see with, with guiding where you're, it's, it's very physical, uh, and you're, you're outside, not necessarily doing the thing you want to be climbing, but, um, you know, teaching someone else in, in some area that you may end up over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Um, that could, uh, have an impact. Um, but I've kind of found doing a couple different things part time, even though it's harder to um, schedule it's worth it because it it keeps me uh, engaged and learning and interested um, doing you know two things a little bit as opposed to one thing all the time so okay. being able to do maybe paramedics part-time guiding part-time some level of coaching on the side um, uh, just to break up yeah finally. just to uh, just so and I, I think Maybe I'm, I'm uh, ranting now a little bit, but the no, keep going. or getting on a tangent. But the um, when I was uh, one thing I like about paramedics is that there's there's a good amount of versatility and uh, or variability within the job and other roles you can get involved. And I've been able to work, you know, um, events and on the ambulance and in the hospital and um, on a plane uh, doing flight stuff and and some other roles that. Um, you know, keep it, keep it interesting and, uh, keep it, um, different and allow you to keep learning. So I view, uh, the search and rescue, um, and this diploma in mountain medicine and some of the wilderness medical stuff and as a, as a extension of 
um, you know, being able to learn more about medicine and keep me passionate that way. And then the, uh, and with the guiding and the technical rescue associated with that, that's all kind of, um, at least for now, things I, I really want to keep expanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, I don't, I don't like, I don't think I'm going to find one job like other than, you know, what I romanticized, uh, growing up, like the Sartex, you know, that like actually does combine everything. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think I'm going to find that to do and, and just say, yeah, I'm going to do this every single day. You know, this is what I want to be doing. Um, I think, uh, it's a trade off and doing a couple different things in that realm and keep building those, uh, works better for me and keeps me interested and passionate about both of those things. Mm -hmm. Um, and also, uh, is probably just better for, um, especially with climbing, you know, performance. Like if I was, uh, one of the reasons I I didn't pursue Sartex was the amount of training you need to do uh, within the military to do uh, various courses and then, uh, you know, deployments and things. And that, um, as interesting as a lot of those things would be, uh, it would take away from climbing quite a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And I probably wouldn't be able to pursue climbing to the level that I want to by focusing on, on that too much. And I've, I've kind of thought about that with medical school where I get, uh, you know, I'm very passionate about medicine and, and learning how the body works and, you know, just want to know everything that way. Uh, and, but I've also kind of started to realize that, um, that's a huge commitment. And if I put, if I try and put I think I, I could put that a level of energy into pursuing something like that, but it would come at the cost of that climbing performance and, um, you know, cut into my, my other hobbies and, and time with Martine and, and friends and that sort of thing. And I'm, I guess that's the balance that I've been, uh, um, trying to strike is, uh, you know, pursuing a couple things at the same time, uh, and just kind of, float in and out of what I'm really stoked on, um, and adjust as necessary, I guess. Yeah. Sounds like you're, you're prepping to just keep all your doors open and see where things go. Yeah. 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 Maybe it's too many doors or, (laughs) (laughs) um, at once. Um, but, uh, just cause they're open doesn't mean you have to like go down each one. Yes. Yeah. Just leave them open. You can go back to them. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think we'll wrap it up there. Is there anything else you want to, to touch on? Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't. Nothing that comes to yeah. mind. I guess. All right. Cool. Well, let's uh, let's go move that dresser and take a couple That's photos. And... Perfect. So thanks for listening, and let us know what you thought of our conversation with Ben, or if anything caught your attention. So we don't know the specific title of the course you mentioned, but if that's something that interests you, then let us know and we'll see if we can get some more information and get that back to you. Next week, we'll be talking about torque catching, so check back in to hear what he has to say. <laughs>